Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. When you begin to understand the anointing and the power of the anointing, you will operate on another level because too many people are living like they're lacking something. Also, too many people are attempting to do what God never anointed them to do. So God is not going to endorse your plans. God will endorse what He called you to do. How God approved of Jesus. God approved, the Bible says, of Jesus of Nazareth. Because God called Jesus of Nazareth to do certain things. So you cannot be a businessman and you decide I'm going to be a pastor. You cannot be a pastor and decide I'm going to be a businessman. You cannot... uh, be an engineer and you decide I want to do something else. So you have to understand, we've spoken about this, your design, your I am, and you have to understand your I must because that's where the anointing is. So in Christ, you have an anointing. But then I want to talk about the anointing to live, the anointing to function because people operate helpless and they run around looking for help and looking for answers. And then people attempt things they are not, I want to say qualified for because if you are qualified for it, God is going to appoint you and God's going to anoint you. Remember, God is God. We are not. We cannot decide tomorrow, I'm going to buy a microphone and start a church. If God never called you, you can throw all the money in the world at it, but you're not going to succeed because God's not obligated. I tell pastors all the time. I tell business people all the time. I said, you don't need money to start a church. You don't need money to start a business. You need an unction. You need the anointing. You need an idea. My brother, who ended a very, very wealthy man before he went to heaven today, the business is worth a couple of billion rand, factual, um, started by selling black plastic bags from house to house. Now, for you what you say. Here is what you say. My brother, what by slim was, somebody said to me, please don't talk that language because I don't understand it. Okay, you get an interpreter. It's the heavenly language, my brother. So you better pray for discernment, okay? So, 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 so my brother started. My brother knew he was called for business. At one stage, he got confused because a prophet called him out of the service and said, you are called for ministry. He got out of selling insurance, went into the ministry. Although he loved Jesus, he never, he never was fulfilled in the ministry because a prophecy made him feel guilty that the only way to serve God is to quit your job and to go full-time in the ministry, whatever that means, because we all are God's ministers. We all are God's ambassadors. Whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, dentist, we're all called into the ministry. We all have a purpose within the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is what? The ministry of reconciliation. But he started, he he had nobody fund his business. He had nobody support his business. As a matter of fact, when we went to university, we didn't have a rich daddy who could pay our university fees. My daddy went with me to Barclays Bank and I signed a student loan. That was it. So when I got married to Noretta, (laughs) when I was in the army doing a camp, she found a bank statement and she sends me this letter. She said, Oh, I, I just want you to know I love you and I'm behind you and I will support you, but I never knew you had so much debt. Well, that was just a student loan, okay? That was accumulating and she didn't understand anything about debt. I had debt. She married somebody in debt and somebody that earned hardly anything, but somebody that had a passion and somebody that discovered at a very young age what my purpose was in life and somebody that connected with the anointing, the presence, the glory of God upon his life and the rest is history. People want to come now after 37 years of journey and look at me and say, that's who Art Bolsov is. Man, you have no idea who I am. You have no idea where I started. I started in Lady Brain with six people, four white people, two black people, back in 1988. Then nobody said he's in it for the money because there was no money, there was no support. I fasted, I fasted because I had no money. We didn't have food, so we were forced to fast. I learned to fast because we didn't have money. Come on, man, somebody that knows what I'm talking about, the older generation, you can say amen. 
because all people want today is comfort and convenience and when they do something they are looking for somebody to pay the bill. I never went into the ministry with a salary office or with a desk or with anything. I came into the ministry um, and all I knew is I was called and my title was Gopher. You know what that is? Go for me. If I say unk, so Tarzan, you move. There was no glamour. All I had was an unction. Then when God called me to Lady Brand, and it made no sense to me because when I went there, uh, get, keep my monitors right, please. The first time I went there, I said, God will never put me in a little place like this <laughs> because I went there on one Saturday and within half an hour, I evangelized the whole town. And I thought this place is too small for me, but God knew differently. God knew that was a place of preparation. That was a place I needed to build character. That was a place that I was either gonna make it or fail it. That, hey, that was the place I had to get the quit out of me. That was the place I had to discover who God was. That is the place how I had to pray provision in, how I had to see God provide 50 plastic seeds, how I had to believe God to do what seemed great and impossible. But if I look back, it wasn't a giant, it was a little lion. It wasn't even a lion. It wasn't even a bear. It was actually a little teddy bear. But that little teddy bear was a giant to me. I had to defeat that giant if ever I was going to defeat that little teddy bear, if ever there was something else. So what am I saying to you? That, 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 that if you're going to pursue God, you have to understand that God calls you into the unknown. But you are secure to venture into the unknown if you walk in God's divine design and God's calling for your life. Then you need no committee to endorse you, no people to pr provide for you, nobody to pay your bills. What you need is the anointing. Are you listening to me? Because the anointing is God's endowment, God's empowerment. The anointing is what God gives you that empowers you to succeed in life. So uh, I talk to ministers all the time and they say, well, you know, I, I know I said it at, at Planet Shakers, I shouldn't have, but I did. Sometimes I can't help myself because I get to, uh, uh, in these first world countries and they hear we build buildings and God's blessed us, etc. Then they say it's easy in Africa, but it's difficult over here because things cost a lot of money. I say, no, your dollar is 20. What, 20 rands to $1 and our people's average salary is like $900. Your average salary per year is like $50,000. So let's not talk about difficult. Mr. D, Mr. I, Mr. F, F, I, Mr. C, Mr. C, Mr. L, T, Y is where? Within your ears, between your ears. That's why overflow, our theme scripture is God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power, the anointing that works on the inside of us. Say amen, come on in Jesus' name. So God designed you for great things. Say it tonight, say God, say it. Say God designed me and God destined me for great things. Because the Bible says, say it, the Bible says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Say I'm ready, say it, say I am ready, say I am ready. To do great exploits for God. Say it. Say, I'm ready. Say it. I'm ready. I'm ready to do great exploits for God. Come on, Pastor. Some of you get on your feet and say it. Say, I'm ready. You're not going to shuffle into 2024. You are going to run for God. You are going to slay your giant. You are going to do great things for God, but you better get ready. You better get ready, 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 ready. You better get ready, 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 ready to do what God's called you to do. Oh, come on. Give God a, a, a happy praise here tonight so we can get into the message. A powerful praise here tonight. But um, we got saved at a young age and we quickly understood a few things. We, we, we learned to be planted, to be connected in a local church where the Word of God is taught unashamedly and where people praise God radically. We learned that and we committed ourselves to a local church and never missed a Sunday. Secondly, we learned the importance of God's Word in our lives, that God's Word is not an opinion, but God's Word is God's final say in our lives. If God said it, that settles it. There's no debate. 
If God says tithe, you tithe. If God says forgive, you forgive. If God says be generous, you are generous. You don't have your inner debate with God all the time. Third thing we learn is the importance of God's presence in our lives, which flows or emanates out of your prayer life. Learning the importance of your personal prayer life, where you spend time with the source of the anointing, the source of wisdom, because you can't fake this. And, 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 and if God's called you to do something, although there will be challenges, Jesus made it very clear when He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Building a building will not kill you. Starting a business is not going to kill you. You may be tired at times, but it's not going to wear you out because that treasure, the anointing on the inside of you, is designed to sustain you and designed to give you the know-how. So when you step outside of your anointing or your grace, you will have difficulty. That's why people need to be very careful when they say the Lord told me. Because if the Lord really told you, the Lord will back it. But if the Lord never told you, you're going to have a difficult time. Because anybody can pull the God card at any time. Huh? Are we now all wide awake? It's not a game this. It's a walk with the Lord. And everything flows out of your walk with the Lord. You can still be a Jacob, outsmart people, outwit people, try to scheme, etc. It ain't going to cut it, my friend. That's why I tell young pastors all the time, forget, I, I, I'm glad you have skinny jeans and I, I'm glad you have holes. And I'm glad sometimes, uh, uh, as long as you don't have a hole, holes in your souls, I mean, in your head, um, I'm glad... Uh, that I sometimes can't tell whether it's a long pants or a short pants, a short long pants or a long short pants. Uh, I'm happy that you are cool. But your cool is not getting you anywhere. Come on, cool and the gang is not going to cut it. You need to get on fire. I say, oh, come on, you need to get on fire with your jeans, with your T-shirt, whatever it is. You better have something that nobody else has. Because your cool is not going to change every... Oh, come on, man. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Get beyond your cool and give Him a David praise. Give Him a David praise to dance before the Ark of the Covenant. Give Him a wild praise. Come on, is there a lady today that can just lose a little bit of your dignity and give the Lord a crazy praise tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, my brother on the saxophone. Anybody in this place tonight, give the Lord a praise because you are radical, you are ashamed, and you are in love with Jesus. Jesus, give him a praise. Come on. Now that you, uh, we've shifted the atmosphere, but let me talk to you about the anointing. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, Jesus announcing his assignment. You better know your assignment. Because God won't anoint you outside of your assignment. You can't pray for God to change your assignment. You can only discover your assignment and walk empowered by the Holy Ghost in your assignment. Are you listening to me? So you have to love what you do. If you're a hairdresser, you can't always be complaining. You're in the wrong job. That's why you're cutting people's ears all the time. So Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19, Jesus talking. And uh, uh, this scripture is applicable to all of us as the body of Christ corporately. We have this assignment corporately to alleviate the pain and suffering in our world. But yeah, Jesus comes and announces. Remember this is now after He's baptized, after the heavens open. The Spirit of the Lord descends upon him as a dove, or it looks like a dove, but it's not a dove. That's what the writer says. He saw something descend upon Jesus. The Holy Ghost comes and everything in the life of Jesus changes when he's anointed. So when you you, you read these stories about Jesus when he was a little boy and he made clay pigeons and he caused them to fly, that's all nonsense. Jesus was a man, God in the flesh, but a man. And he operated by the anointing. 
Before the anointing came upon his life, he could do no miracles. Are you listening to me? You have to understand this. He, he performed miracles by the anointing. Even Jesus had to be anointed to fulfill his destiny. Although he was born of the Virgin Mary. The day the anointing came upon his life, everything changed. And I want to show you this tonight because when you ex receive the anointing of God, everything is going to change in your life. Firstly on the inside, then through you. Things are going to be different because you become a carrier of God's presence and, and you have authority because that's the one thing they say about Jesus. He spoke as one having authority, not as the scribes. He wasn't out to please everybody. He was out to tell people how it was. Say amen in Jesus' name. So the church is not a place of entertainment. The church is a place of equipping. So we have to get that right, okay? Our praise is not hype. Our praise is our adoration to God, which inspires hope. But we're not in a place of hype. There's a huge difference. So verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. Everybody say because. So when the anointing comes upon your life, there's a reason. There's a purpose. And that purpose is not to make you feel good about yourself. Although it will make you feel good. But that's just the starting point. Because He has anointed me. I want you to say this tonight again. Because you're going to have to believe this. Say, I am anointed for a special purpose. In Jesus' name. So He says, because He has anointed me. And watch the twos. There are six twos, actually seven. Perfection. But in, in, in one sentence, he adds two of them. He says, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. People preach the gospel, there's no results because there's no anointing on them. It's a lecturer from university that decides I'm going to start a church. Nobody responds. He can deliver the same message, but that message is unanointed. Why is the anointing so important? Because the anointing is God's stamp of approval. And through the anointing, when it doesn't make sense and God uses people, we think God should not be using. That's when God gets the glory. Say amen. Hallelujah. So if you think I don't have much going for me, you better believe you have everything going for you. You have God going for you. It says, I'm anointed to preach. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. You see, I have to add that because six is not the number of perfection. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So there are, there, there, are, there are seven twos, seven things that Jesus was anointed to do. And He was faithful to that. So you have to discover your to-dos. What is it that God called you to do? Because I've seen in the ministry, because that's my field. I'm not a doctor, but I've seen in the ministry. People see somebody else do something, they think I can do that. Well, maybe if God um, anointed you for it, and if God graced you for it. If God never anointed you for it, you can get everybody's agreement. It will not work. Because God will only approve what He endorses. God will only anoint what He appoints. You do not appoint yourself and say, God, anoint me. Jesus never chose Himself. Jesus was born for a purpose. He had to discover His purpose through the Scripture, by the way. He didn't come out of His mother's womb and say, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Messiah. No, he came out of his mother's womb crying like a baby. He had to be fit. His diapers had to be changed. I know you don't want to hear this, but his mother had to teach him the Holy Scriptures. That's why God chose her. She was a young woman of the Word. She was a 14-year-old young girl who quoted the Scriptures and she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. Because God knew the Savior would be safe in the care of that woman who would teach him the Scriptures. And through uh, uh, knowing the Scripture and being able to quote verse for verse the whole book of um, Isaiah which rabbis had to do he discovered I am the Messiah and yeah on this day in the temple he is 
declaring the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me and everything changes in His life. I'll tell you my friend, when you discover the purpose for your life, when you discover the reason for your being, everything is going to change in your life. You will be happy. You will be comfortable in your skin. If you're a man, you'll be happy being a man. If you're a woman, you'll be happy being a woman. If you're black, you'll be happy being black. If you're white, you'll be happy being white. You won't always think life has done me in. No, you were predestined by God. God separated you from your mother's womb, Jeremiah. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. God ordained you. God ordained you, therefore God will appoint you. So stop living this milling mouth, weak, apologetic life on planet Earth and begin to discover who you are and walk confidently like Jesus Christ and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He has anointed me to be the best doctor in Pretoria. He has anointed me to be a brilliant advocate. He has anointed me for business to fund the kingdom of God. He has anointed me to be a teacher and to change education. He has anointed me. He has appointed me to be a politician in Jesus' name. So you don't need a platform. What you need is an anointing. You don't need a crowd waiting for you. You don't need a hospital. You just need to get going. Go to university. I know our students are still away on holiday. It's a bad thing. These long holidays mess our young people up. I hope our, our educationists, or whatever you call them, come to their senses at some time before Jesus returns. Because you give young people six-month holiday, and then they come out of that lazy uh, mentality, and they're gonna they have to go work where they get two weeks holiday, and they all collapse and burn out and can't handle life because what's happening at university is not real. I mean, you have like two and a half month holiday. I hope you've got a job. And you're not just lazy sleeping till 10 o'clock every morning. And you're feeling good about that. Okay, I thought I'd just throw it in there. In the absence of all the students. If I was a student, I'd be back in Pretoria. I'd not be sitting somewhere. I think I'd have enough of doing absolutely nothing and not being in church and and just floating through life and just being like a beached whale rolling around not knowing what life is about amen you discover your purpose purpose and and, and i use the word this morning i elaborate a little bit more on johannesburg the word intense intensity when Paul talks about the, when the glory comes upon him with that glory comes intensity so sometimes people say to me you're very intense what do you expect me to be? Hello, my family. You know, um, I think uh, let's just wait. Um, praise the Lord. Um, you know, we're just going to what to, um, ah, well, I don't know who it's like. I mean, when you're anointed, you're all about business, whatever your business is. Your demeanor, your focus, your tenacity. Because now you are empowered. You've discovered your to-do. You're not confused by everybody else's to-dos. You need to count me down. I missed it this morning. Count me down over here. You need to discover your to-do. The problem is we look at other people and we think their to-do is better than our to-do. So, so, so you're called to be an associate pastor and then you think, no, I need to have my own church. And I've watched this a million times how people who preach on my platform, this platform, and work with me for years, they get confused when they get the microphone. Then they go start a church, they flounder, they fail, and they get nowhere because God anointed them to be an associate. God never anointed them. 
There's no such thing that anybody and everybody should have their own business. So when people preach this prosperity gospel, in essence, there's a lot of error in it. Because you don't need prosperity, you need purpose. Whatever the purpose is, if it's to be an educator, you have to be an educator. Give yourself to it. Love it, because I'll tell you what, beautiful people, I love you on television. God bless you. I'll get it right next week. You'll be happier in a three-bedroom house being an educator than you will be in a mansion pursuing the riches of this world and you are never fulfilling your destiny because you're going to stand before Jesus Christ one day and you're going to give account for the life He called you to live. Say amen in Jesus' name. Say amen. So the next 1038, the Bible says, How God, how God, how God. Not how Jesus anointed Himself. I know this is simple, but this is significant. How God. I tell young people, and one of the greatest thing we, things we can help young people with is to discover who they are. And the confusion in our world. I saw a 10-point plan that was written in the 1800s by a brilliant mind, a woman, that spoke about how this world will be destabilized and unsettled. The first thing, pray out of schools. Number one, first thing, take God out of education. Because when you take God out of education, you can confuse young people because there's no basis of truth. There's no norm. So you have people gripped by a spirit of blindness that are now the influencers and they are the minority, man. They're not even the minority. They, they comma zero something percent. And 99% of people bow to these foolish agendas and things that people know is ungodly and untrue, people are now accepting and bowing to it. Now I'll tell you something. I will raise my grandchildren in the ways of God. I will see my grandchildren fulfill their, with their future what God has for them. I'm not against anybody, but I'm not going to allow people to bring their, their mess into my world because they don't have the truth. We have the truth. We have Christ. So listen, young people, get radical in the schools. Start prayer meetings. Those people can't throw you out of the school. You have your rights. You start prayer meetings in break time. You pray, pray, pray. You stand radical, unapologetic because everything the devil has done, we have to counter what Satan has done. And whatever the devil has taken out of our society, we need anointed young people. We need the Davids, the Esthers, the Jeremiahs, the Nehemiahs. We need the young Jonathans that says something has to be done. If the older people don't have the guts or the spine, I as a 16-year-old, 70-year-old will not bow to this graven image. I will not bow to Paul. I'm going to call upon the name of God on Yahweh and I'm going to see the fire of God come down and you're going to see a revival. I said you're going to see a revival. Come on, young people, we are praying for a revival, but no revival is going to come through people that are lukewarm, afraid, apologetic. It's going to happen through people fueled by the Holy Ghost, people that are not afraid, people that will go to school and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. I'm anointed, I'm appointed. I don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Shout it again, young people. Say, I'm anointed for purpose. Say it in Jesus' name. So I don't judge those people, but they are in darkness. And I, how can I allow their darkness to come my truth? I cannot. So, 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 so that lady wrote, some of you have read that book. Um, we are writing our own charter as IFCC uh, about um, to inspire people to, to vote. Everybody should vote and to give guidelines, not to tell you who to vote for. Listen, if you're full of the Holy Ghost and you call on the name of Jesus and you vote for somebody that has no respect for the living God and for the Word of God, what, what are you doing? 
Don't tell me this prayer and God is not important and that our country will be healed without God. Who the heck do you think you are with your arrogant attitude? There can be no healing whilst we take God out of society. So we have to bring God back to society. I said we have to bring God back to society. We need young radical people that will bring Jesus back to their world unapologetic and stand for what is true and not become part of confusion. I'm not saying we judge anybody because I accept anybody who they are, where they are, what they are. I don't care. That's between you and God. But don't put your belief on my children. not okay we can't even say South Africa is a Christian nation anymore because these politicians have taken us so far away from Christianity it's shocking this very government that you worship go build your little statue with the name of your political party on because that political party is higher than God in your life and you go burn your incense and bow to that altar and call on that ball to save you. But I will follow no leader that has no respect for the living God. I will follow no leader that does not publicly confess that there's a God that man will give account to. I will not follow any leader. That is a shame to call on the name of God and afraid to pray. I said afraid to pray. Hallelujah. When we lose the anointing, we become fearful. And there are too many fearful pastors and Christians. I pray to God we grow a spine. Because COVID discovered and COVID I discovered most people don't have a spine if you put them through an x-ray machine there would be no spine don't even know how they walk up straight how is it that people get saved and they stop thinking people say roll over oh, we're, okay we roll over why? Who are you? Who? You never died for me. I don't give account to you. I'm not going to be judged by you. I have a God. And if you violate God's word, I'm not bowing before you. Hear me clearly. Okay. What was that Honolulu? Hawaii. No, we don't need Hawaii. We need the anointing. We don't need Honolulu. We need a hallelujah. Can I have a hallelujah? Somebody say it. Oh, come on, man. Just give a hallelujah. Come on, make the devil mad. Make somebody mad tonight and give the Lord a great hallelujah. Give him a praise. Lift your voice and give him a praise tonight. Come on. CRC all over South Africa. Lift your voice and give Him a praise. Something has to shift. Something has to change in Jesus' name. Give Him a praise. 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 Come on. Oh, come on. Give Him a praise so the King of Glory can come in. The Lord strong and mighty in battle. Open the gates that the King of Glory may come in. Come on, praise Him like you haven't praised Him, Pastor. You are going to praise God different this year. You are going to praise God louder this year. You are going to praise God with expectation this year. Come on, businessmen, give Him a praise, 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 praise. Oh, I feel the presence of God. Give Him a praise. 
Give him a praise for revival. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Your family is going to get saved this year. People around you are going to come to Christ this year. Backsliders are going to come to Christ. Things are going to change. Burdens are going to be lifted. Yokes are going to be destroyed by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost because God's on the move and no devil in hell can stop God. No witch doctor, no incantation, no curse, no spell, no plotters, no schemers can can stop what God has predestined because God said as truly as I'm God all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord I tell you before the return of Jesus Christ there's going to be a move there's going to be a move that will fill the earth with the glory of God that is the goodness of God we are going to see souls 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 we are going to see a move of God like we never thought possible this is the time say hallelujah in Jesus name Amen Come on, praise him, young people. Praise him. If nobody else gets it, you get it. 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 Come on, you praise him. You praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, praise him. Praise him. Come on, pastor's wife. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him like David did. Praise Him unashamedly. Give Him a radical praise tonight. Something has to move. Something has to shift. Something has to give. Not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, join them. Join him. Jesus, come on. Hallelujah. Hey, I love you. Take your seats. Let's get back to order. Order. Who's order? <laughs> I see this week is going to be another week. It's not what you think it's going to be. I'll tell you something. You're going to show up and God's going to turn you upside down, inside out. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you and you are going to be turned into another man, another woman. The things you used to struggle with, you will struggle with no more. God's going to remove the burden. God's going to change your desire. God's going to change your heart. All you have to do is show up in the presence of God and God will do the rest. Hallelujah. Okay, sit down, sit down. This is like a runaway train now. Amen. Amen. I will let you loose just now. In the schools. And in the universities. Amen. So... So Jesus discovered his to-do, why God anointed him, and then he got busy with that. And he lived his to-do, not John the Baptist's to-do, not Elijah's to-do, his personal to-do. I'll say it again, and it's simple, but... the. The best thing I ever discovered after uh, d- d- finding Jesus, no, no, I, Jesus wasn't lost, I was lost, after allowing Jesus to find me, was I found my purpose. Please listen. Not a formula to serve God, not a formula to make money. Nonsense, but a purpose. I found my purpose. 
and, and pursuing that purpose fulfilled everything in me and still does. 37 years later, fulfills everything, my being, my emotions, my thoughts, my mind, my flesh, my spirit, my to-do. I thank God I discovered my to-do at a young age. And I obeyed and pursued that to-do. Finding God. Not just getting saved, but finding God in the journey of doing what God called me to do. Young people want to know everything. You won't. His word is a lamp to our feet. It shows you the next step. You stay committed. Will there be discouragements? Of course, you, in your, you're a human. You live in a body. Uh, your emotions are part of your humanity. We'll have to deal with our emotions all the time. That's why we have to bring our emotions under the control of the Holy Spirit. That's why Galatians 5 says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You have to live in the Spirit. You have to be controlled by the Spirit. And this is not some spooky thing. This is how you live, where you never move away from your assignment. Because God, I don't see anybody in the Bible that gets different assignments. People get confused. God gives them an assignment. They get bored with the assignment. They are successful in their assignment then they go look for another assignment. Now I'm not talking about business because as a businessman like Isaac, you can dig many wells. Because as you are faithful with one, God's gonna give you more responsibility. A pastor's the same. As you are faithful with what you had with your to-do and you live for the glory and the honor of God and you live reliant upon the anointing, God will enlarge you, increase, add weight, add responsibility. The Bible is clear. God gives the one who has five talents. If the person uses them, God says, I'm going to give you more, five more talents. So God rewards the person who is faithful to the assignment, who uses the anointing. But if we live in this vacuum where we don't know, it's not a good place. And you will not find out through a conversation with your parents. Your parents can advise you. Because, you know, when I, I studied law and uh, I actually wanted to go into politics. Some of you know the story. I think I would have been a good politics, politician, but I think I would have been in the wrong political party in those years. So it wouldn't be a good thing. But I wanted to be a lawyer, advocate. That was me, okay? And then God spoke to me, called me, and I sat with my dad and I told him, I said, God's called me to the ministry. Listen, it was like the worst thing he could ever hear. But Tibetan. Then he came to the church I was in. Now that's back many moons ago. And the charismatic churches, you remember those days, all the traditional churches called us sects because we were having a guitar in our church and we played not the oral, but we, we had a keyboard, a piano, and now they all do it. They forgot what they called us because now they're just like us. Exactly. Hulle is nou cool. Maar ons was die uitgeworpenis. Nou, remember, I come out of that traditional background. My dad was a deacon, then an elder, with his white tie, and sit in, those spe- in that special place. And I get saved not there, because I never went to church. I get saved in a little church, in a cinema, and I find Jesus Christ in a stable. And my life changes in a stable because all the religious people look down on us. And then my, I tell my dad, I said to him, I said, listen, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm not going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a, pa- a pastor. I said, but what would you do, many? I said, no, not a many. A pastor. What's a pastor? Because I come from a very, very Afrikaans background. So bear with me every now and again and say, Praise the year, met player, Bear with me. It's okay. Because I talk 99% of my life, I speak English, Max Afrikaner. I will need to know what it's Afrikaans. Thank you. Praise God to be spot. Now I'm back in English. Okay. So um, <laughs> he's like, what church is that? I say Christian Faith Center. What? You thought I said Faith Center. 
Nothing about it made sense except what God was doing in me. So he comes to church one Sunday. I'm a catcher. Now he sits right on the aisle and throughout the service. Now my dad was like, moeilike ou gewees, kijk hier so. Hy was nie, ja, ou wat jy omgerol het nie. Hy is strong Afrikaner. Hy het min gepraat. Kijk, hy sê, kijk jou net so. Dan weet jy, jy moet nou jy stil bly. He sat there the whole service. Like, shookies het all times like. I thought, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. And I'm, I'm there catching people to scare my broek nog hy dag. <laughs> and he, catching people, it's like, where's my son? My son is lost. No, he wasn't lost, he was saved. I found Jesus. But I found Jesus not where my father wanted me to find Jesus. I found Jesus in a stable, in a little cinema and then in a little upper room, there were no more than 80 people there. And God called me. God spoke to me. God chased me. There. There I served. There I found God. There the call of God came to me. The purpose of God. The anointing of God. Everything. And then I went to my father because he was religious. I don't know if he was saved. I can't say he wasn't. That's not for me to say. But I think he wasn't. Okay. So I sat with him one day and I went and sat on his bed. He was sick. So I said to him, Pa, let me say English. Because I was a sinner. Okay. Um, I didn't go to church. Um, I did a lot of bad things, which I'm not proud of in many, in many ways. So I sat with him and I said to him, I was 16 years old. 16 years old, you gave me a car and I went on holiday with my girlfriend. 16 years old. Three weeks to Margate. It was no issue. I said, you, you filled my boot with alcohol. You had no issue with it. Every weekend you gave me rum, because I liked Red Art and Squadron and... Uh, Captain Morgan, hey, you sinner, you sinner, you fellow sinner, fellow sinner. Listen, this fasting and prayer is no Captain Morgan. We're fasting and praying on water, okay. Let me just make it clear. And, and give me 24 beers and things like that. And, and, and then he got it. I said, I said, you never, you, never, you never thought anything was wrong with your boy. Until I came and I said, I found Jesus. No, I, well, I found Jesus. Well, he wasn't lost. I was, but I did. How do you say? No, I, I did find the pearl of great price. I did find Jesus Christ. And he became my everything. And I sat that day on his bed and, I, and he prayed the sinner's prayer with me. Uh, a few months later, he died. He went on to be with the Lord, etc. But he never, ever understood. I was his blue-eyed boy. We were like this. I have his names. The day I decided to follow Jesus Christ radically, my father was like, you've betrayed me. Yeah. That's why Jesus says, you cannot love father, mother, brother, sister, anybody more than me. When you find Jesus Christ, He becomes your everything. And I'm not saying anything bad about my dad. I'm saying to you, it was a generation that did not understand. They would even try and control you out of the grave. That generation. I found Christ. I say, I found Christ. I found Jesus. And when I found Jesus Christ, I found the reason why I was alive. Come on, because I couldn't find it in a club. I couldn't find it in a pub. I couldn't find it in a fight. I couldn't find it in a, in a joint. I couldn't find it in drugs. I couldn't find it in, in relationships. I found what I was looking for in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, we have to take the message of the gospel. We have to take Jesus Christ to our world like never. Come on, CRC, if you believe it, if you agree, if you're gonna make up your mind to be more passionate about God and take your testimony, take this treasure, the salvation that you have received to your world. Give God a praise as a sign of, of agreement tonight that you are not gonna be ashamed of the gospel. You are not going to be ashamed of Jesus. You are going to share Jesus with your family, with your friends. And I'll promise you, when you do that as your first assignment in life, other things are going to become clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. It's as my brother shared the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Ghost that he knew God called me for business. And he just started selling black plastic bags. And he used to say, one day I'm going to buy that building, buy that building, I'm going to build this, I'm going to build this. And he did. 
And he said it while he had no two cents. We had one car between the two of us. The ball bearings were if you, a Fiat. How many of you remember those Fiats, those Bach Fiats, terrible things? A powder blue, powder, baby blue, powder blue Fiat. But we believed we we're going to change the world. And, and uh, listen, listen, listen. And when I started out, there was no little person out there that said, oh, he's in it for the money. Because if you're in it for the money, God will not bless you. God will not bless you. If you're a doctor for the money, you're following the wrong assignment. You're a lawyer for the money, you will not last. You better fulfill your destiny because that's who you are. And if God makes you an extremely wealthy man, with great wealth comes great responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. If God called you to be a businessman, then start where you are, grow your business, trust God for opportunities, and operate through the anointing that you have received. We'll talk about it. I haven't even started my message in any case. And, 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 uh, and, and, and function out of what you have. But get every excuse out of your mind because excuses are the crutches of the uncommitted. Get every excuse out. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. He accepted his assignment when the anointing came and he stayed true to his assignment until he hung, hung on the cross and he died and he said, it is finished. He finished his assignment. I want to finish my assignment. You want to finish your assignment. You're going to do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. Say amen tonight. Come on. By discovering who you are and pursuing who God called you to be and living this anointed life that God appointed you for and not getting confused and offended and in competition with other people and lose yourself. If God called you to be a doorkeeper in the house of God, be the best doorkeeper. Don't try and be the pastor. Be where God placed you. Stay in your assignment. Stay in your lane. You step out of your lane, you're going to have trouble. Stay in your lane. Because you're anointed for His purpose. Not for your smarts. His purpose. He'll anoint you. And you'll be the best doctor with the anointing. Because the anointing is not just to get people saved, the anointing is to live. The anointing illuminates your mind, your thinking, your negotiation skills, to see opportunities, to know where the fish is, to catch, etc., etc. That's why when people flounder through life, etc., it really is because they're not living connected. It's not a criticism, it's just a reality. And, and, and we, we shouldn't experience, experience this negative, we should step back into what God has given us. And maybe you made decisions that took you on a path and you've struggled for 10, 15, 20 years because you know God spoke to you 20 years about something else. And now you're going down another line. It's not too late to take a step back. Listen, Moses preempted God's will in the flesh and delayed the plan of God for 40 years, 45 years. But God never gave up on him because the Bible says the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Come on, you are still alive. You still have a future. You still have a hope. Get yourself back to God. Get yourself back into what God said to you and obey. And I pray this week, God's going to awaken. God's going to stir. God's going to remind you. God's going to quicken things to your heart. And you are going to be stronger than ever and live the anointed life that God has for you. If you believe it and receive it tonight, say amen and give Him a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, give Him a praise, CRC. We don't do a half praise in our church. Amen. Take your seats for a moment, please. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're lost. You're the coin that is lost. The sheep that got lost. The prodigal son that left your father's house. It happens in the journey of life. Sometimes we get lost. We lose ourselves. We begin to occupy our lives again. I want to give you the opportunity tonight to come back to Jesus like the prodigal son did. I want every head bowed, every eye closed here in Bloomingdale, Pretoria, in Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban, Kimberley, Potsdam, all over this beautiful country of ours, wherever you are, Namibia, um, Gaborone, 
That beautiful church, Pastor JJ, SMS me, said, Pastor, every Sunday we're breaking record attendance. Yes, it's the year of overflow. God's going to bring people if our expectation is right. But you're sitting here tonight and your life is not right with God and you know it. Listen, it's time to get right. It's time to surrender all. Time to give Jesus His rightful place in your life. God doesn't come to take. God comes to give. He takes away the burden of sin. He takes away guilt and shame. But He gives you the gift of salvation, mercy, grace, hope, freedom. And tonight I'm telling you that God loves you so much that Jesus died for you. And tonight I want you to know it doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, God loves you. And He's not here as your judge, but your Saviour to save you, to bring you back to Himself. Is God talking to you? He said, I'll stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I will come and sup with you. I lived without God for many years. I prayed, I never knew God. Then there was a day that I realized, hey, of yes, for you lost. You need Jesus. Is that you tonight? If you die tonight, you know that you'll go to heaven. Can you say, I'm born again, I'm a child of God. Can you say I've experienced God's forgiveness? And if you have, have you maybe drifted away and tonight you have to come back and make a fresh commitment and have a new start with God? As you come, He will embrace you and He will fill you with His presence. And that burden will be lifted off of you and you will live this life that God has for you. Let me pray for you tonight. While every head is bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. They're in Johannesburg. They're in Bloomingdale on the floor, the balcony. You're in Pretoria in every location, Port Elizabeth. You're not here by accident. But tonight there's a stirring in your heart. And tonight you say, yes, I need a new beginning with God. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, just slip your hand up. I want to say a prayer for you before we close this meeting. Lift your hand up quickly all over this place. Raise it up high. Raise it up. Raise it up. God bless you. Many hands. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Raise it up tonight. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Get right with Him tonight. Come on. Slip your hand up. Say yes. Thank you. Thank you. Quickly. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Yes, it is. For now, as a vulgar man, come. Kijk op hel. I will do it for you. Say, mensen, dan kom je hier te dien as a sissy dan. Nee, wat? God. Roep rechte manne. Jy moet een man wees om te buig voor die Heere. Jy moet God sê om die Heere te dien vandag. Het is makkelijk om die wereld te voel en moet honderd vloons te gaan rondslaap en om net een man daar buiten te wees. Dit is nie een man nie. Dit is een man wat geen rugraad het nie. Een man is een man wat staan en jy moet vir God staan. Vanavond praat God met jou om jou saak moet om recht te maak. Groeste besluit wat jy kan neem. Maak die deur van jou hart oop en buig voor jou saligmaker. Gee Jesus een rechtmatige plek. Voor ek bid vanavond, before I pray, last time. There's a stirring. God's talking to you. Tonight you say, I'm, I want to get right with God. Lift your hand quickly before I pray. Slip it up. Thank you. Thank you. God bless 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 you. You know, I'm not the weakest man alive on planet earth. I mean, my personality. But I knew when God spoke to me and I responded. I responded. It's not a tough guy that pushes God out. There's nothing tough about that. That's a foolish man. You open your heart tonight. You get right with God tonight. God brought you to this place to save you. I'm asking you. Last time before I pray, slip your hand up. Say yes. I hear you. Thank you. Slip it up. Raise it. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, bless you. Look at me, all you beautiful people. That's all of you, men and women, you're all beautiful. You're created in God's image. All of you are beautiful. If nobody's ever told you you are beautiful, you are beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's not fictitious, that's reality. People need to hear how special they are. I hope if you're married, you tell your wife every day how beautiful she is. And I hope you tell your husband that he's actually handsome, etc. Because very often women are very sparse with their comments back to their husbands. You better tell your husband. Mm-hmm. Right? Dan kan nie altyd net die man wees wat vir die vrou sê, my bokkie, jy lyk lekker, ach, bloe, jy lyk mooi, en sy potsie. Nee, jy wat die vrou is, doen jou deel ook, vertel jou man ook. Jy is handsome. Ja, you need to do the same. It's not one way traffic. Amen? Ja, yes, yes, 
Amen. 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 Put your hand on your heart. Let's pray together, everybody, in all our churches. Say, Lord Jesus, I bow low in my heart to you today. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave and you're alive. I realize I cannot do this life without you. I need you. I want you to be the center of my life. Take your place, your rightful place. Forgive me, cleanse me, and heal me. Be my Lord, be my Savior. And thank you for giving me the grace to live a life free from sin, and from the influences of this world. Today, I present my body to you, my soul and my spirit as a sacrifice. And I invite you to take, make your home in me, in Jesus' name. Thank you, but I have a future. I have a new life because of you. I'm free, I'm forgiven, I'm born again. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.